Hello, and welcome to The Bookmark, a podcast of the Wabash Carnegie Public Library. I'm Rachel. And allegedly, I'm Laura. Hi, Laura. Hi. Happy 2024. I don't know how to feel about that. As we're recording this, it's not yet, but I have high hopes. Now, last year, in our uh, New Year's episode, we said... The title of that episode is, It's Going to Be Better. So I'm still holding on to hope that it will be better this year. Well, I just kind of have this thing where I think, I'm going to do something else this year. Something else is going to, and stuff. I kind of have, I've made a note to kind of make note of this later, but this is going to be a year of extreme changes for me, both professionally and personally. And so I am looking forward to it. But I'm also incredibly anxious about it. Yeah. And so I don't know how to look at this year yet with a hopeful trepidation, I guess. <laughs> There's the title of this episode with hopeful, hopeful trepidation. trepidation. And when you know. say huge changes in any context, immediately a chill runs down my spine. No, no thanks. Don't, no. No. Well, and the thing is, I'm trying to think. Like, there, some of them are changes that could be exponentially make things better eh. um, for me personally. <laughs> there are other changes that could that are going to be challenges no matter what. So, yeah. And I, like I said, I'll go into that in just a second. But yeah, there's a lot on my plate for 2024, and that Pun could intended. be yeah, kind of <laughs> a little bit. And it could be amazing. This whole conversation is making me anxious. I know. Okay. Well, hey, how about instead of continuing (laughs) on with it, how about instead of continuing on with it, we look at how we did with our goals for 2023. Yes. We're going to talk about that because we've been talking about reading goals all year. Last year, if you want to go back and listen to what Spotify tells me is our most listened to episode (gasps) of the year. Ooh, fancy. Was our New Year's episode last year with our reading resolutions. I had 10 of them. That's that was uh, ambitious of you. It was, but I broke it down into things I succeeded in, things I did not succeed in, and things that need a bit of work. I didn't even look at my list of last <laughs> year's recommendation or recommendations resolutions because to me I thought either they happened or they didn't, and that was it was an intention past Laura set, and past Laura isn't here anymore. <laughs> Fair enough, she's dead to me. Well. Present Rachel needs some encouragement and needed to see that out of 10 things, there were at least five of them that I accomplished. So I feel good about that. And some that I kind of accomplished but need a little bit of work. So really, I only like hard failed at three of them. Hard failed. (laughs) That sounds cruel. Well, when I tell you, okay, so here's the thing. In 2023, the things I did not listen to 12 audiobooks. Mm-hmm. I listen to five. I listen to a lot of podcasts. I love podcasts. Audiobooks are still proving difficult for me for some reason. Uh, I did not subscribe to a specific book list for book recommendations, but I did check some lists. So there was that. Oh, I guess those are the only two things that I hard failed at. Hard fail. I succeeded in reading books for pleasure. That's not good. for work. I did that. That is good. I said that I would read nine novels and three nonfiction books. I read 22 novels. Now, I did not read a single nonfiction book. All five of those audiobooks that I listened to (laughs) were nonfiction. Well, well, good. Some nonfiction entered your life. Yes. 
I kept a reading log. Tis right here. So fancy. It's so fancy. My husband got it for me for Christmas. So I have a reading log. I did ask for specific recommendations from friends and relatives. I did finish winter and summer reading this year, that's which I've never good. done before. So that's probably my proudest That is fantastic. And then things under my need a bit of work. We're making time to read, Mm -hmm. reading more diverse books. I did do that somewhat, but I didn't make as intentionally concerted an effort. Mm -hmm. And then also just to give myself some reading grace. Mm -hmm. That was kind of my bonus. And I think I was a lot harder on myself toward the end of the year. I would agree with that. (laughs) I was toward the beginning. The the whole use of the the phrase hard fail seems to indicate that well, you have... in as much as I did I objectively did not listen to 12 audiobooks that's okay but that's I did not achieve this okay as opposed to I hard <laughs> failed at this all right fair enough you could even use the word failed at this <laughs> but hard adding hard there is like a, a hard fail cruelty okay added I added a salt in the wound so to speak fair enough fair enough so that's a thing that I'm gonna work at So do you have some 2024 goals that you want to talk about? I do. Okay. I do have some goals. I did bother to set goals. Oh, good. I also didn't count the goals. Just like I don't remember how many I made last year. I have three. I am. I feel like one of my goals last year was to read my stack. That's your main goal. My main goal was to read the stack. I I read a lot of the stack. Mm -hmm. And by a lot, I mean, I read at least like 15 books from the stack. Which is which great. And I say at least because I may have read more, mm-hmm. but I didn't count because that's math. Instead, I said I read books and I plan to read more. <laughs> I counted what was in the stack uh-huh. and I wrote down a list of everything I have physically in my home that I have not read that belongs to me personally. Okay. And then I chose to do math because this was a different day when I was feeling it. (laughs) And I determined that if I read two books a week from the stack, I would complete the stack in one calendar year. This will not take place. I have vowed my goal, my, my second goal other than to read the stack is to not read the stack in one year. I will not be doing that. I can tell you that right now. It's not going to happen. And that's okay. It is okay. What's your first goal? My first goal, speaking of, is to give myself that grace to set a reasonable goal. Yeah. I read, according to this, I read 28 books last year. Mm -hmm. So my temptation is to set my goal at like 30 this year. However, I have three major reading roadblocks Mm -hmm. that I am stating Now, as this drops on, I believe, January 2nd, I know that there are three things that are going to keep me from reading this year. One is construction. Yes. (laughs) Which will, at some point in this year, also result in my entire office moving to another space. So complete upheaval of my professional space. Two, I started a new business toward the tail end of last year Mm -hmm. with a friend of mine. And I have a couple of other professionally adjacent obligations with other organizations that I'm involved with. So I have those things coming up. I also have a kid graduating from high school. Which blows my freaking mind. (laughs) And everything that goes along with that. Yes, and the parties and... But also the complete change of lifestyle that comes with that for her and for yeah 
us. And that adjustment period, we have some other personal family things going on. Just there's a lot going on for me yeah. in this year. And some of it, like I said before in the beginning, I'm super excited about. Sure. Some of it contains multitudes of possibilities. Contains multitudes. It contains multitudes. Some of it is just going to take up so much of my brain power. Yeah. That focusing on any kind of book is going to be difficult. Yeah. So that's where my first goal is just to give myself the grace to set reasonable goals and to say, hey, you know what? You might not be able to read even a book a month sure. this year. I'm still, I still have a couple of goals mm -hmm. and I'm still going to work toward them. I love the accountability of talking about it every month. Yeah. In the podcast. So do I. It, it's keeping me in a place where I pay attention. Mm -hmm. yeah. And for, for better or worse, that's something I don't always do. Yeah. Yeah. Well, I'm going to go easy on myself. No more hard fails for me. No more hard fails for you. <laughs> okay. My my next one is intuitive reading, which I feel like I mentioned last mm -hmm. year too. Mm -hmm. um, and I tried that last year, but it didn't really work out for me because I was still telling myself, you're going to read this now because your hold has come in. You're mm -hmm. going to read this now because blah. Sure. What I'm going to do instead is read the things that come across my desk that I find interesting. The best thing that's ever happened to me has been Libby offering a hold deferral. Yeah. So when yeah. your hold comes in, you can give it to the next person and then you stay at the front of the list. Mm -hmm. Thank thank goodness. Yeah, I don't know if people know that you can do that on because, Libby, but you can. Oh, I will get things that come in and I've had five books I put on hold mm -hmm. and for some reason mm -hmm. they're all here at the same time. Of course. And no, no, that's not going to happen. Yeah. Especially if it's an audiobook that I'm going to listen to over time. Right. My number two is just to complete winter and summer reading again. Mm -hmm. Those are the two things that really jump-started my and really encompassed my goals for the last year. And summer reading especially, I was really able to excel when I did exactly what you're talking yeah. about. Where I put aside, well, this is what I had on my summer reading TBR. This is what I talked about in the podcast that I wanted to read this summer. So this is what I have to read. And I got hung up on Dargon Addie LaRue. And I stuttered. And then I went, no, you know what? I'm just going to look for something sure. that looks appealing. And then I unlocked again for yeah. me. And so if you look at my reading log, it's very diverse until midsummer, and mm -hmm. then it becomes romance novel, romance novel, romance novel, romance novel. And that Great. is not to slam on them. That is to say that that cozy, comfortable, formulaic world is what I could get through. Yeah. And I think that door slammed shut on me when I started telling myself it wasn't good enough. Yeah. Again. Yeah. And so I want to get through winter reading, which we'll talk about in a few minutes. And I want to get through summer reading, complete both of them again. Mm -hmm. That's one of my quantifiable goals. That's that I great. I think I can do. So. I love that. My, my next goal is to try things in audio more. Mm -hmm. um, and that's not to say I don't listen to audiobooks already. I right. do. I right. absolutely listen to audiobooks more than I ever used to. But what I've discovered in the past like month or so is that the books that I'm getting stumped with, that I can't keep going with, mm -hmm. that I've read five chapters of, and I think, this'll be great. And then I just don't pick it up again. If I start listening to those audiobook and audio form for even like three chapters, uh -huh. I find the voice of the character and then I'm yeah. in. Yeah. It's helping me sink into the book in a way that 
that I couldn't. And I'll use Ninth House as an example. Uh I had a horrible time getting into Ninth House. I read that in print. I had that in the stack. Mm -hmm. I read it. Once I got like quarter of the way through it, I was in. I loved that book. It was fantastic. The end was like this cliffhanger of fantastic amazingness. And uh, how many times can I use fantastic Uh, in a sentence? I don't know. Let's find out. (laughs) Um, So I I then said, great, the next book is upstairs. Mm -hmm. I will go get that book. And I checked it out and I put it down in my bedroom. And I did not pick that book up, even though I wanted to know. Yeah. Yeah. So, okay, that's the kind of thing I want to do. I want to say, oh, I can't get into Addie LaRue. Okay, let me try that in yeah, audio. Yeah, or, that's a good idea. You know, and then I can pick up the print and finish it if I'm yeah. really into it. Yeah. But um, it's, full cast recordings, it's things that have really been enticing to me yeah. in audio. Great. I, I don't care if I own the book. Yeah. Let me try it in audio if I can't get into the print. And I had that same experience with the Raven Cycle. Yeah. Oh, the narrator for that. Uh-huh. Will Patton. Yeah. So good. So good. So good. And he does Stephen King's books, which I'm mm-hmm. not a huge Stephen King fan, mm-hmm. but... I would listen to that man reading Stephen King. Yeah. If I didn't have to sleep ever again. <laughs> so yeah, that's a that's a really good suggestion for Addie LaRue yeah. as well. I should try that. I need to do that. I'm gonna do that with Addie LaRue myself because I haven't I've read like the same three beginning chapters multiple times of that and of several other books. Yeah. Okay, so here's my reading goal for the year. And I have to say a quick shout out and thank you to our business manager, Amy. We love you, Amy. The best. And she got me this for my birthday. And it is the ultimate reading challenge. It's so cool. Isn't it so cool? It looks like a big book, but it's actually a big folder. So basically, this thing, when you open it up, has 25 little envelopes. They look like little pockets. Yes. They're just super cute. And on each one is written a challenge. Once you complete that challenge, you open up the the little pocket, the little envelope, and you get a little prize. So this one was already open, so I haven't done it yet, which is to read a classic you hated in high school. Yeah. But once I do that, there's a little wooden bookmark inside that I'll get to take out. So it has things like that. It has book tags and Mm -hmm. bookmarks and book plates and note cards and coasters and all sorts of little bookish prizes in it as I complete them. But so my goal for this year is to complete out this folder. That's so much fun. 25 books and maybe... Maybe it takes me winter and summer reading to do it. Yeah. Maybe it takes me all year to do it. Maybe I have one month where I can do like six books. Sure. And one month where I don't read any at all. Listen to a reading themed podcast. Oh, look. Look at that. Wow. We do that every month. (laughs) Does it count that I edit this podcast so I listen to it? But if you need a reading themed podcast that's really fun, overdue. The podcast. The Overdue Um, podcast. It is so fun. It's two guys who started out reading the books that they didn't finish Uh in high school and college. That they just like kind of faked their way through that Uh pop quiz and and they didn't finish it. Well, now they're doing it now. And they take recommendations now from everybody. And they will read everything from Choose Your Own Adventure Uh books, Goosebumps books, to like full, huge, massive things. Like they did Don Quixote. They did the Odyssey. Nice. So this is my goal for this year. This is my goal is to complete this 25 item book challenge it just looks so fun <clears throat> so i will keep you posted you should take a picture of that and put oh i will it in the um in the podcast post yes i will because it really is just 
done, it's created in a way that it makes it enticing to pick up. Mm-hmm. Hey, uh, in a minute, when we talk about winter reading, you should participate. You can get one of these and do it with me this year. Yes, you can. <laughs> I think that's a bright idea. Yeah. It's great. Yeah. Okay, I have one last. All right. One Hit last me. thing. I will keep a reading journal. Yes. Yes, I will. For no other reason than that I want to remember the things about a book that I want to talk about on right. this podcast. Yep. Um, because there are some times that I think that's a great line or I think um wow I have an observation do I write those things down ever no can I always annotate the books that I have in front of me no a lot of them belong to this library and uh so instead of me being like oh no what should I do I read a book and I can't remove the title the author or the plot I will now have that written down and I went ahead and made little like three by two tight like cover pictures uh-huh. for the whole stack. Love that. And when I get to a book, I'll slap it in there and I'll write my note. If I listen to an, an audio, I'll write down how long it was and who the narrator was. And then say, I loved this narrator or please never speak in my ear again. <laughs> um, and anyway, that's going to be helpful as, as a reference for this podcast. But it's also going to be nice because I can flip back and say, yes, I did read that book. And this was what I thought about it. I won't read the sequel instead of thinking I have to read the sequel because I read the first book. I'm laughing because I am looking back through my journal. Yeah. From the last year. And some of them, uh, I didn't write anything, just the title. Some of them. I wrote things like this, mid. The yeah, definition I love it. of mid. Hey, we're going to do this this year. Yeah, we we're are. going to reach our goals. We're going to reach our goals and we're going to feel good about what we do achieve yes. even if we don't achieve all these. Yep. And we're going to take you along for the ride. So, if you make your own goals and you want us to share in those with you, comment on our social media yes. posts or when you come in the library because you will at some point in this year. I have faith that if nothing more than the curiosity of a renovated building, huh. something will bring you into this building. Something will bring you in. So stop. Laura will be in the children's room, and I will probably be behind the scenes somewhere, but ask for me. Yeah. And uh, we can... You might also be in the children's room <laughs> hanging out with me. That's true. <laughs> it's, it's a pretty safe bet that you're maybe going to find me there or just walking around downtown somewhere as I'm doing things with other everything while you're doing everything (laughs) with other organizations but stop us find us all right so let's talk about what we have going on at the library and then we have a special guest to welcome in after that so special guest we're gonna do read aloud story times in some capacity okay for most of the month okay now that may the dates of those may mm-hmm. change because we've had some staffing changes in the children's room. True. We have someone retiring and mm-hmm. um, I've switched jobs and mm-hmm. we have to we have to figure out who's going to be here when. True. And so we may just have Monday. Mm-hmm. We may have Monday, Wednesday. We may have Monday, Thursday still. We'll, we'll okay. see. So keep an eye on our Facebook page. Keep an eye on our website. And once we know what's going on, we'll tell you. You can also sign up for kids text alerts. Absolutely. WCPL Kids. Yes. And you'll get, uh, at least when we know what the dates are, we will send those out to you as well. Absolutely. Absolutely right. Okay. 
Are you doing a teen craft in January? Yes. Okay. January is going to be Zen Gardens, mini Zen Gardens. They're so for cute. For your tabletop. They're so cute. And so that's going to be really fun. So the big thing that we have to tell you about for the month of January is winter reading. Winter reading. Winter reading began January 1st. And it runs through February 24th. Yeah, it's we are doing long a this year. Full two months to let you get your reading in during January and February. Part of that is because we're going to be closed for part of that time. The library will be closed. So you can do your digital reading or check out a bunch of books before we close. And so you can get a bunch of reading done and logged on Beanstack as we Mm -hmm. have done the past couple of years. There will be reading challenges listed under each age group. Yes. So we have kids, teens, and adults. And you complete your reading challenges every activity. They're considered activities. Mm -hmm. But every activity that you complete will earn you one drawing entry, at least at the adult level. At the kids level too. Yeah, at the kids level too. And then in the past, we've given away prizes weekly upstairs. We're not going to do that this year because we're not going to be open some of those weeks. So what we're going to do is every activity that you complete gets you a drawing entry. And then at the very end of the program, February 24th, we will do, well, we'll wait until that following Monday, the 26th. And we will do a drawing for three grand prize winners. Yes, we will. And as I said just a minute ago, if you are an adult, you're probably going to win one of these uh, reading challenge books that you can see on our social media. And then at the kid and teen level, surprise. The teen level, I have some bundles that will be cute. Everybody gets a pair of cozy socks. Nice. And um, either you get bookmarks or you get a mug or you get um a adorable led toast light or if i decide that something's out of stock i might change that Uh because it's all on a list right now and then everybody gets hot chocolate to enjoy and it will all be like in a cute little bag for you to take home okay so there will be prize bundles for you to win at the teen level there will be prizes at the kids level yes and the kids level i'm kind of not doing bundles i'm doing small prizes because there will be some older kids there will be some younger kids Mm -hmm. who win and i want to have a dispersed amount yeah so that everybody gets something that's the right age range for them i agree and then we also have completion prizes if you complete what we consider to be Listen, I have more activities listed than it takes to complete yeah. the program. But if you hit the completion level, you do enough of the the activities to complete the challenge, you'll get candy. Yeah. I get candy prize. So candy. And I think for the kids, I'm going to have them be able to pull something out of the treasure box. Oh, cool. I think. Okay. So that depends on if I can find the treasure box. If I can't find the treasure box, then we're not doing that. <laughs> Well, it may be in storage. There will be prizes <laughs> at every level. Yes. So, yeah, you're not going to want to miss it. Sign up on Beanstack. Absolutely. If you already have an account because you've taken place in, or taken taken place. place in summer reading, taken, taken part. part in summer reading or winter reading in the past, just log in to your app. If you haven't done that before and you want to know how to do it, stop in and see us. And we're happy to show you, help you get it all set up. Yeah. And if you know you have an account and can't remember how to get into it, you know who to talk to. Yep. Rachel. I mean, us. (laughs) (laughs) Hit us up. We will make sure that you are all registered and ready to go. And it is currently, as I said, it started January 1st. You can get started logging your books right now. 
Since winter reading is for all age groups, we thought it might be fun to give you some recommendations of books that your entire family can read. If you want to read on a certain topic or a certain subject or from a certain author uh, for every age group. So we are doing what I am affectionately calling family book bundle recommendation. Along with that, we decided to invite a very special guest to help us who is very well-versed in reading for all ages. She also happens to be the top of Laura's guest list. Yes. So it's all downhill I'm from here. I'm very honored about that, by the way. <laughs> yeah. It's Welcome down- to the downhill side. Hey. You I, have achieved It's all I apex. wanted. It's all I wanted. <laughs> it's what I got. And now I, I'll be happy. Okay. <laughs> you are only the second non-library guest that we have had on this podcast. Awesome. I appreciate that the first one was your husband. Right. Yeah. So I have my... My husband has been here. My work wife I talk to every month on yeah. this podcast. Hi. And now my, what are you, are you my hetero life mate? Yes. Are you the I J to my silent Bob? I am. <laughs> it's very Absolutely. <laughs> yes. Erin Sapusik, thank you for joining us. Oh, my pleasure. I'm, I'm very excited about this. I'm thrilled. Erin is a avid reader and former English teacher. Mm-hmm. Former. Yeah. She feeds me every week now. Rachel does uh, too. <laughs> I uh, am hesitant to say what you're doing now. Let me say Tailand. it. I'm not involved That's in this true. business. I can say whatever. <laughs> I'm just a uh, very happy, satisfied customer. <laughs> we pause this podcast right. for this brief commercial. For this ad. Rachel and Aaron have started a food business. Yes. yes. And so I, it's called Go Go Goodies, and I get goodies from them. Yes. Yes. And Almost it is a lot weekly, of fun. If not weekly. So okay. everybody can check it out at Go gogoodies.biz. Yes. There you go. So we're going to ask you to reach back into Way your, back. your past expertise, mm. which is, I mean, you know, 24 years of teaching. Of teaching English. high school kids, mm-hmm. occasionally middle school and elementary kids, mm-hmm. and also raising kids who like to read sometimes. Most of the time. Most yeah. of the time. Most of the time. <laughs> Thankfully, had that breakthrough moment this summer. <laughs> yes. So... And Laura is well-versed in children's collection development and also reading grown-up books, too. Yeah. And I read things. I'm... (laughs) What's wrong with you? I read, but I tend to read YA and adult books. I don't read a lot of children's books. You don't have to read children's books. You're not a child. That's true. I do have them. Yeah, but they're also but they are also teens. But they're not so. reading kids lit. Also, nothing wrong with adults reading children's no. books. No. Some of them are the most magical books that you can read, and they Absolutely. bring that feeling oh. back for you yes. of childhood. It's true. And then you can share it with the kids in your life, which I think is important. Yep, agreed. Okay, so let's see where we go. We're chatty ladies. Yeah, and when we all get together, who knows where this could go? So. I don't think we have the amount of time that we really need, but you know, <laughs> we're going to make it work. Well, I will kick it off with my first bundle is the Neil Gaiman book bundle. This is a great Because, choice. listen, if you've listened to this podcast since its inception, I sing his praises often, but he has, I'm going to give you Fortunately the Milk. Mm-hmm. Yeah. I'm going to give you Coraline mm-hmm. and Stardust. All great. As your package. All great. I All think you can do no wrong, so yeah. that's fine. Yeah. I'm going to throw in Choose Day, Okay, a picture book mm-hmm. option if you have an even younger child. The Graveyard Book that's as great. well. The reason I picked those hmm. three is because that 
they are kind of whimsical fairy tale style stories that if you all want to read something that they're not the same book by any yeah. stretch of the imagination, but they do carry a similar voice and you can throw there's, I mean, there's plenty of other ones in there. I've purposely left off like American gods because yeah. that's a little dark. That, and it's, it's too heavy I yeah. think, for some. I would also throw good omens in there. Good omens was great. Um, it's that's great a good one audio. too. But I think if, as far as a bundle goes, if I was going to bundle some books together, those sure. would be the ones. So, so great bundles. Me. Yeah. Thanks. Yeah. I love it. The ocean at the end of the lane. That's it's great too. Such a great fairy tale. Yes. And has, I think, it's it's a little too advanced. I think for a young teenager to handle. But if they are advanced readers, I think they could handle mm-hmm. that one. Mm-hmm. And you know, there's nothing inherently bad in it. It's just a little frightening. Yeah. So, yeah. yeah. You know, but for for younger kids, if they wanted to go with a book like that, they could also pick up um, a monster calls, which deals oh, with grief and those great. types of things, and <laughs> and and both similar concepts but handled differently. That's both on my whimsical. list later. It's very important. Oh yeah, monster calls be. is on my list later. Yeah, such yeah. a great book. Well, another it's worth one mentioning his, twice. If yeah. you um, if you know someone who's going to have a daughter, get them Blueberry Girl, which is mm. one of the most beautiful poems, and mm. it is. I got that for some of my friends when they were going to have their little girl, and I just was like, oh, so <laughs> precious. Mm. You'll cry. It's great. I haven't read it yet, so I'll have to check Wonderful. that one out. Wonderful. You'll cry. I'm sure yeah. I will. Well, it's <laughs> I'm just, an emotional person. It's like a poem of all the wishes that someone has for their daughter. Yeah. So, like, so. if you cried at, what was it, Leanne Womack's I Hope You Dance or something, you're going to ball at this one. Much deeper, much better. Yes. And, right. Yeah, all those things. Okay, got it. Okay. Three Times Lucky is one that I'm reading right now by Sheila Turnage. Okay. And it is one of the cutest little mystery books mm-hmm. of all time. It's about a girl named Mo LeBeau or <laughs> Moses LeBeau. Because she was found um, strapped to a Mm -hmm. board in a hurricane and so rescued from the waters of the flood by a man who is known as the colonel who had lost his memory in a car accident. So the two of them come from nowhere and they settle in this little town um, and uh, it's two below landing. It's two roads, first road and last road. (laughs) If you live on first, you can have cable. So you get the fast internet. There's no cell service, and uh, there's unfortunately been a murder. And so Mo and her best friend Dale, Dale Earnhardt um, the third, they call oh. him, because his dad has a creative naming strategy. <laughs> and uh, they decide that they're going to form the Desperado Detective Agency and solve this murder Aww. together. Um, so that's a mystery wreck. Mm-hmm. Um, and uh, Mo is also looking for her upstream mother. That's how she calls her. Ups, dear upstream mother. <laughs> she writes a little journal entries. So that's adorable. Aww, it's a four book awesome. series. I love that. So that's a middle grade wreck in a mystery. Um, and if you like books about um, people solving crimes with no expertise whatsoever, an amateur detective book, which I do deeply mm-hmm. love, pick up um, the YA books by Courtney Summers, like Sadie and The Project. Mm-hmm. I loved Sadie. Sadie's fantastic. The Project is fantastic. It's um, an investigation into a girl who's – this girl's sister has vanished, and she vanished joining this cult. 
So, oh my gosh, yeah. I have to put this on my list <laughs> right now so before it, everybody else gets these rags. It's fantastic in audio, and her books have won awards for their audio because she tells them in multiple um, narrative formats. So, like Sadie has right. a podcast element. Mm-hmm. It does. Um, yeah, it's they're just so good. So that's the YA pairing I would put with that. Uh-huh. And then if you're a grown up and you don't want to read Sadie, which I mean, you should. You you really should, in you fact, because it would be, I would say that's a high school book, frankly. It's a high school of... book, and it's got a lot of adult crossover. Yeah. But if you want to put your foot down and you won't walk in that YA aisle, you should pick up the Christmas murder game. Even though it's not <laughs> Christmas anymore, you should read the Christmas murder game because I just read it, and it's fantastic. <laughs> it is about... Um, Lily Armitage, and she has gotten a letter from her aunt telling her to go back to this house where she grew up and solve the Christmas murder game. Because uh, if you solve this game, um, you will inherit this house. It's a puzzle book. It's a puzzle book. Laura loves a puzzle book. And (laughs) she says, I don't want to go back. But her aunt's like, this is my dying wish, and you have to. (laughs) Oh, by the way, if you go back, you might manage to solve your mother's murder because, yeah, she was murdered. Oh. She didn't accidentally die in this house. She was murdered. Oh. So it then takes on an element. Sketchy. From yeah. the aunt. Just yeah. say that. Well, the aunt is dead. So, uh. She's even more sketchy. She's she dropping, said it in a letter. She's dropping a bombshell. Aaron's mm-hmm. trying to solve deathbed style. Aaron's I'm, trying to solve this murder by your description. Alone. Oh yeah, <laughs> yeah. which and I know I won't because no. Laura's good at writing descriptions <laughs> without revealing it's everything. It's so fantastic. And what's fun about it is it takes on the Agatha Christie and then there were none kind of vibe. Mm-hmm. Um, as, you do love which, Agatha Christie. <laughs> yeah. And what's extra special about this book is that as you read as the reader you're supposed to be searching for anagrams hidden for the the 12 days of christmas (laughs) so there are anagrams (laughs) for i that was it like i'm i'm in there's an anagram for seven lords of leafing in there you have to find that and and then also hidden throughout the book are the author's 12 favorite mystery novels titles so as you read you're supposed to solve this and the authors also come out with a book called uh, Murder on the Christmas Express, which is a train-based murder mystery. And uh, Appropriate for Wabash. I have that on hold on Libby. <laughs> what? I have a question. Yeah. What happens if you don't? What happens if you don't find all of her? Is it just fun Easter egg stuff, or do you miss the point you of the book? You don't miss the point of the book. It's okay. fun Easter egg stuff. And if you get stumped and you can't find one, there's a um, key at the end of the book that you can look at. Okay. What you got? All right, so um, I I think, I don't know if I approached it the exact same way as as you both did. However, I will say that I was trying to think of thematic things, of course. Mm -hmm. As a teacher, you try to theme everything, I think. Um, And so I was trying to think about what was one of the most important things I think a family should communicate about so that they, because, you know, for my idea of winter reading, hopefully – they could do a, a family read aloud or mm-hmm. at least they could discuss things or, mm-hmm. you know, open up communication in the family. And so I'm going to give you a quote real quick. Margaret Mead said, quote, connections between generations are essential for the mental health and stability of a nation, end quote. Here, here. And I think that is so true. And we are losing 
you know, that communication and that connection. And I wanted to establish and remind people that, you know, the elderly members of your family are treasures. Mm -hmm. They have so many good stories and they are so fun to talk to, but often we see them as a burden to go Mm -hmm. visit them because it's so frequent, but it really is worth the time investment. So anyway, what I came up with is one of my all-time favorite books, which is A Man Called Uva Mm -hmm. by Frederick Bachman. This book, which has such a cantankerous, curmudgeonly man. He is wonderful. He, when you first meet him, you think, what a jerk. <laughs> Why am I reading a book about this completely irredeemable, miserable old man? But there's something about him that you're just like, but he's kind of funny. Mm-hmm. He's kind of mm-hmm. funny. <laughs> he's very cynical. Uh, he's very angry at his neighbors. He's everything you think of when you think of stereotypical old person, mm-hmm. like spying out the window at you and not liking kids or animals through a lot of accidental mm-hmm. things. Mm-hmm. Uva, Uva developed some serious bonds with some yes. people that needed that grounding and needed to be grabbed and bonded to. That is the book that kicked off my obsession with cantankerous old men yes. uh, love in them. fiction. And my book that kicked off my obsession with the importance of human connection. Mm-hmm. It yeah. was, I read it during the pandemic when I think that that mm-hmm. was a lesson everyone needed to mm-hmm. remember. Yes. And uh, yeah, I'm, I have an obsession with that book. So. And the great thing about this book is that anyone can read oh, it. Yeah. Like there's mm-hmm. nothing in it that is inappropriate. Like it would be a PG at most yeah. rating. Yeah. Um, you know, so truly if you're, I mean, I would. Young kids would not appreciate the novel, but they might if you read yeah. it aloud as a family. But if you didn't want, if you needed something for younger readers, I think you ought to go with the Coretta Scott King Award-winning Uncle Jed's Barbership Barber Shop. I wrote Barbership on accident. <laughs> I'm sorry, I read my notes wrong. But Barber Shop, Margaret Mitchell. So. Um, it is a story about an elderly family member who owned a black barber shop in the South and all of the stories he's heard over the years. <laughs> and he just, you know, the, the main character is a child who loves his Uncle Jed and loves the, like, liveliness of the barber shop. And um, I just think it does good things in two directions. One, it culturally enhances what your kids experience it allows them to time travel and also geographically Mm -hmm. travel but it shows the importance of those relationships to other members like a lot of people you know once you get older you don't you kind of lose track of your uncles and your aunts and your cousins and and they're they're important too you know so I, I think that's something that you could read and talk about as a family I love that something else just on cantankerous old men yes um, and going along with the whimsical mm-hmm. fairy tale by Stephen King for yeah. adults. Yeah, I love that book. I have read it twice already. And it's so funny. Marion just said yesterday. He goes, "I think I'm going to read fairy tale again next yeah. year." Yeah, you get a hankering uh, for it no. because it is a. First of all, it's a complete departure for Stephen mm-hmm. King from but his normal. I think normal. that's why I enjoyed it so mm-hmm. much. Mm-hmm. I mean, he's an amazing writer. Yeah, I think he he's the Shakespeare of our time, frankly, in not so much his use of language. But, I mean, it, similarly, he changed the way things happened in writing. Mm-hmm. Um, so, But the story is such a, a great story with a super cantankerous old man <laughs> yeah. and his dog uh-huh. and a, a boy who needed to just help. 
Yeah. Couldn't mm-hmm. walk by. And yeah. that also is a good message. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Because throughout the book, the boy just can't walk by and not do something. And we we need so many more people to do that. Yeah. Have that thought yeah. of, I can't just walk by. This is a fellow person, a mm-hmm. fellow f- feeling being. And um, instead of just whipping out your phone to video it to see if you can get the most likes or whatever, mm-hmm. stop and do something. Yeah. So I, yeah. I think that's a, a good read if you have older family members, sure. like if you have teenagers and stuff. And you can lure them with, hey, it's Stephen King. Yeah. <laughs> it's not frightening. And if you have younger kids and you want something that fits along that lines, you should read The Vanderbeekers of 151st Street. Oh, that sounds delightful. No, I have not. It's about a big family that lives on one story of a brownstone in New York. Mm -hmm. And they've been told right before Christmas that they're being evicted by the old man, the cantankerous (laughs) grumpy old man that lives on the top floor. He's decided they're all too loud and they have to get out. Oh, no. And uh, you learn about him. You learn about his background. And as all the kids decide that they're going to do in their own way, whatever they can to convince him to let them stay in their house they love. And it's so cute. And the kids range in age enough that you can read it out loud to many aged kids. And, yeah. it, and it works. Sounds It sounds a little Scrooge-like. It is. Yeah. It I'm, is I'm seeing a, a, a Christmas carol in this, a there's modernized a, version. There's a hit of Christmas carol yeah. in there with the Cratchits, yes. Yes, yes. okay. Well, I will kind of piggyback off of that because mm-hmm. I would be remiss of course if I didn't have a section on human connection for oh. all ages <laughs> <laughs> so I'm gonna kick off with the day you begin by Jacqueline Woodson oh, it's such a good oh. book isn't it I haven't oh, read that one let yet let me just tell you you it's have not seen a beautiful picture book until you have seen Jacqueline Woodson and Rafael Lopez team up to create a children's book. It's beautiful. Uh, it's about um, it's about a little girl who doesn't really want to leave her house because she's different than other people. And mm-hmm. she doesn't want to. She's scared to interact with people who are different than her. I think and, I know uh, someone who needs to read this book. This I love this line of there will be times when you walk into a room and no one there is quite like you. Mm. So uh, just the actual description is there are many reasons to feel different. Maybe it's how you look or talk or where you're from. Maybe it's what you eat or something just as random. It's not easy to take those first steps into a place where nobody really knows you yet, but somehow you do it. And it's I think it fits into the idea that we all need not only connection with people but people who are not just like us Mm -hmm. we need that wealth of that tapestry of different experiences and listening to people with different experiences in order to be fully formed empathetic human beings Mm -hmm. Um, along those lines middle grade wise I highly recommend the new kid that's great that book is so wonderful yeah If you have a kid, I will say, who was big into Diary of a Wimpy Kid, a dog man before that who likes a graphic novel style storytelling, but you want him to have something that's a little bit deeper than Mm -hmm. that, Mm -hmm. (laughs) go with the new kid. It's a good one. There is, I've got a couple YA books that I have not read, but that piqued my interest. One is called No One Here is Lonely. Mm Mm-hmm by Sarah Everett and it's about a girl named Eden who loses 
the two loves of her life. One is her best friend, and the other is the boy that she had a crush on. Uh, it's it's distance between her and her best friend, mm-hmm. kind of what happens when you go from junior high to high school and you lose that person. But Will, the boy, dies in a car accident, and he has set up an account with In Good Company, where he has... It's a service that uploads voices and emails to create a digital companion that can oh. be with you at any time. And so she gets very close to Will through this, which if you're thinking, this sounds a lot like her. Yeah, that's what I was her. wondering. Mm-hmm. That's what I thought too. But then she, so she's so interested in interacting with Will, with quote unquote Will, that she's not paying attention to the real people around her anymore and the connections that she could be making that way. Right. What an important message yes. for kids nowadays. Yes. There's also one called The Infinite Noise by yeah, Laura Shippen. Mm-hmm. That is a good YA one. That's Which I also paired loved. with a podcast. Is it? Yeah. <laughs> and then the adult book that I will. Oh, I also threw Perks of Being a Wallflower in there mm-hmm. because oh. it's my all time favorite YA book and talks about For that very reason. much. But Laura and I were talking about it yesterday that it is almost, as she described it, historical fiction. Now, at this point, read by today's kids, <laughs> it would feel like historical fiction. You're not wrong. Yeah. yeah. Because it was n- mid-90s yes, setting. It so yeah, it, would came, it didn't come out until 99, mm-hmm. and it was set. And so communication is different. The way people oh, yeah. interact is different. And even the conversation around mental health yeah. in oh, that book is different, different than it is now. So it would it your mm-hmm. teen may not connect to it in the way that I connected to it when I read it. And it may not hold the same place for them that it holds for me, but I still think it's a beautiful novel. Yeah. So for Gen X and millennials, it might be a good read, but for Gen Z, they might find it not quite as relatable, maybe. But to me, it's one of the greatest books about what it's like to be a teenager. And it might not be as relatable, but it will be as powerful. I think so, too. Uh, And then my adult suggestion is just Eleanor Oliphant is completely fine. I love that book. (laughs) I do, too. I love it so much. It is is a lot of really heavy stuff told in a way that is never heavy Mm -hmm. and never makes you feel bad badly about what you're reading at least for me it didn't and just the way that a person who doesn't even know that they need to connect to other people three people really who are looking to connect to others in different ways I love that book and Mm -hmm. it came along right around the same time as Uva Mm -hmm. for me Midnight Library is another one that That I was on my list is it actually yeah because I think it's it's a really good book for discussion. Mm-hmm. Yeah. There's so much in it about choosing your path. Uh-huh. And the yeah. other thing, the thing that I like about that one that kind of differs is that Uva and Eleanor Oliphant, I would throw Remarkably Bright Creatures in there mm-hmm. as well. I love that book so much. <laughs> There's a book called The Authenticity Project that I read recently that's really good about that, about how much you need other people. The thing about Midnight Library that I love is that I think it hits beautifully on how other people need you as well Mm -hmm. so and all of those things are important when it comes to the discussion about connection so and for middle grade good different good different that just came out it's so good it's about a girl who has a little too much one day at school she doesn't like when people touch her she doesn't like loud noises Mm -hmm. she gets uncomfortable in crowds and someone braids her hair and she panics And it's how her school reacts to that panic, and it's how she reacts to learning that other people don't experience the world in the same way she does, when her and how her mother reacts, and how her grandfather reacts to that. 
and um, right, that one three helps. generations of people with sensory issues in a family and the different ways that they cope. That's you very know, cool. That's, book. I have to check that book out because it's great. having just left the schools this year, yeah. I'm wondering how does the school respond to that because yeah. it is a legit concern yes. and so many kids nowadays have sensory issues. Yeah. Mm-hmm. We don't think about asking permission to touch people. I mm-hmm. mean, you know, you think about consent all around, and then there are some people who are like, don't ever touch a child, whatever. But, I mean, they're your kids in that classroom, mm-hmm. and you want to pat them on the back when they do something yeah. good. You mm-hmm. want to let them know, and I'm proud of you. You know, yeah. like, give them a high five. Some kids need hugs, you know. They mm-hmm. come in, and they come to school for love, you know. Yeah. So to know when kids are are getting overstimulated mm-hmm. or about to have that breakdown to provide them with that outlet, especially at late elementary age mm-hmm. where I was, mm-hmm. they needed fidgets constantly and and this just everything's girl, so loud. So I just think that this book is going to be really so interesting. It's so great. And this little girl is eventually given bracelets that are red, ah. orange, green, mm-hmm. so she can show people around her how she's feeling in a moment when she can't put it into words. And do you know that kids nowadays, they they don't even need to be instructed about that. Yeah. They pick up on it so, so well, so easily. Mm-hmm. Okay. Should I do more puzzle books? Sure. <laughs> I think they sound like I a riotous time books. at home. So you do whatever you want. I love puzzle books. Okay. So I'm not going to go heavy into the teens with this one because you all know I'm going to recommend <laughs> the Inheritance Games. If you haven't read it, you should. I'm just going to say that. But for middle grade, I'm going to suggest The Book Scavenger by Jennifer Chambliss Bertman, which is about a puzzle game that this man has created, Garrison Griswold, that's kind of similar to geocaching, except Mm -hmm. um, what you do is you log in, and somewhere on a map of the whole world, you plop in a little marker, and you go to that place, and you drop a book there, and then you leave and someone else is supposed to use the clues that you have put online to locate that book and then they keep it read it and rehide it which just seems please tell me they've taken good care of these books like you can't just drop a book on the <laughs> sidewalk and no. wait for weeks for but somebody to discover it no it's, it's going to be a hugely popular game so people oh, are so there won't things. be any time for no. it to get I it's see. a worldwide kind of experience phenomenon yeah i want to play this game I I do, too, for real life. I'm like, let's get it going around Wabash, but how are we going to secure the books I know, so that they don't get ruined? Well, it was so much fun that I contacted um, a former employee from here at the uh, high school library in Wabash Hmm. to tell her that it would be a really fun idea to utilize this concept in the schools. So, oh, so much fun. So we'll see if that comes to fruition, but I think it would be really fun. But this Garrison Griswold invents this game. It's great. He's now invented something new. He's going to announce. So he's on his way to make this announcement when he is set upon, attacked, and ends up in the hospital in a coma. Uh Uh-oh. Okay, cut to our protagonist who is uh, moving to San Francisco. Emily loves this game. Mm -hmm. It's the best. And when she moves into her new house, she meets James, who also loves this game. And so they decide that they're going to do a little searching together. And while they're searching, they find a book. That was dropped by Garrison Griswold. But they don't know it. They just think it's a hidden book. And now they have to um, 
evade people who are trying to get the book from them. This has Ready Player One vibes. I just was thinking that as soon as when yeah, I thought, ooh, do they win the whole internet? (laughs) So as I turn to the next page, page dropped, dramatic. I have a note here that says, if you're a grown-up, you might enjoy Ready Player One. <laughs> Woo! Yes. But if I'm glad you didn't put that in for teens. They do enjoy that book, yeah. but they don't get most of it. No. Uh, most of the 80s referencing. It's not for teens. It's but not. But you can read it. Mm-hmm. It's But it's not for you. Right. No exactly. Um, the adult book that I really recommend is Tuesday Mooney Talks to Ghosts. Have either of you read no. that? No. Oh, it's great. Um, eccentric billionaire Vincent Price, Price dies, and he leaves behind a citywide treasure hunt in Boston, which promises a... Vincent Price, like... Yes. Mm-hmm. The voice. But not the same man. <laughs> right. Just but that same Oh, same yeah. name. Okay. Named after him. Ooh. Exactly. It's spelled differently, but yeah. Okay, gotcha. Uh, I think it's a reference that we're supposed to be like, oh, Vincent Supposed Price. to put it together. Uh-huh. Yes. So uh, his fortune is up for grabs, and so a ragtag crew of puzzle lovers set out to solve his clues while having to face the painful ghosts from their past. So that's fun. fun. That's great. Good I still want to – my mind is still on the uh, geocaching book mm-hmm. drop game and how it shouldn't stop at the high school. It should go citywide. Well, I is that all of the puzzle books That's right my there? puzzle books. That's oh, my I love it. Books. Ooh, I can't wait. I'm going to do one more. If that's all right. It's yeah. just an author, kind of no, like you did. Fine. Go ahead. I think, personally, but maybe it's just because, you know, I'm a teacher and I feel like you have to have some kind of big lesson in what you're teaching. <laughs> Both, all of my suggestions have been about family discussions and what can we learn and focus on. But I think anything by Jason Reynolds, because he writes for oh, all yeah. ages. And I, I adore that man. He's so amazing. He is. And the work that he does, I mean, he's an incredibly talented writer. Um, And I found it out when, not that I discovered his amazing talent with this book, but when I taught A Long Way Down to a seventh grade class, I taught it both at the 10th grade level and at the seventh grade level concurrently. Mm -hmm. And the seventh graders had much different insights mm-hmm. into the the family situations that were going down and the community situations that were going down, whereas the high school, because it's a book about a boy that um, his brother is in a gang and he gets murdered as a revenge murder. Well, the rules of gang life, number one rule is if somebody somebody comes from another gang and kills you, you have to get retribution. Mm-hmm. You have to go and kill someone from their gang. Which, you know, futile. But that's what you discover through this book. And and the 10th graders were more focused on, you know, the individual struggle as they might be. You know, because that's what they're focused on. Mm-hmm. And then parents can learn a lot about seeing what kids think about nowadays. Um, I also just really, the most important book that you could read by Jason Reynolds is Stamped. That's amazing. It explains... You know, it explains so much about how the United States continues to perpetuate racism unintentionally. Mm-hmm. And it's a very educational, It's it perhaps is controversial, but 
it certainly would bring about good discussions it regardless would. it's historical I, although it's not a history book he's Mm-mm. very clear to say it's not a history book but it is very historical in nature and it makes you think I like books that make me think. I do too. That challenge my all his books, truths that I thought you, I knew. You mentioned him and my face did that thing because I was like, I was just reading something about him the other day and it's because he, he won. He just has a children's book He that won came out. ALA's Marguerite Edwards Award this yeah. year, mm-hmm. which is recognizes an author for a specific body of work for significant and lasting contribution to young adult literature. Absolutely. And my favorite thing about Jason Reynolds, this is such a weird minor thing maybe, but my favorite thing about Jason Reynolds is that he's very open about the fact that he was not an avid reader Mm -hmm. as a child Mm -hmm. and that he didn't start reading until he was like 17, 18, when he started finding not that he was illiterate, just no, that no, he started no. reading he for pleasure. Read. Yeah, he wasn't he wasn't a fan of reading, right. and we are so like kids have to read early. And I, don't get me wrong, a hundred percent believe that it's an advantage, absolutely. But that you can pick it up later, and anyone can because for sure. you pick it up when you find something that you connect to, and that's when right. you relate to something, mm-hmm. and that's what he did. And that and now look at him. I mean, he's, yeah, he's it changed his life. Yeah. And it he, in turn, life. is changing other people's lives oh, the thing, because of it. Yeah. The thing I really love about him is that he doesn't insult children. Yes. And what I mean by that is not like if people are walking around going, you are a terrible person because you're a teenager. <laughs> no, what I like is that if anybody asks him, you know, what about the ending of this book? He'll say, well, what do you think? Mm-hmm. He goes, you see, it wouldn't be fair for me to tell you what I think happens. Mm-hmm. I know what I thought should mm-hmm. happen. This book is for you to experience yeah. and yeah. to figure out on your own. And I appreciate that he yeah. doesn't insult their intelligence. Yeah. 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 He has one called um, Look on. Both Ways, which <laughs> takes it takes place like with uh, one school all in the walk home. Yeah. From different kids' perspectives. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. I it's loved it. so good. It's so good. I loved it. Ghost is also really good. Ghost uh, is amazing. Yeah. When I worked at Justice, they uh, that book was checked out all of the time. Yeah. And it's great for early middle kids. It is. And it, that's part of his track series. And every one of those books is great. Yeah. They're all so good. I, honestly, All American Boys is the first book I read oh, of yeah. his. And I loved it because, of course, I'm very passionate about perceived prejudice within yeah. law enforcement. And yeah. so I love The Hate You Give and I love All American Boys and I just I love it because it's eye-opening. Uh, it shows you the you know the the perspective of the so-called perpetrators of the crime. Mm-hmm. And I think it's always important to remember that everybody involved in the situation, even the bad guys, have thoughts and feelings, mm-hmm. not that they're necessarily important or anything, but you, you should always aim for understanding yeah 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 Yeah. exactly that no villain is the villain of their own story Mm -hmm. that's true absolutely Absolutely that's the perfect way to put it Mm -hmm. okay i was telling aaron this as i was making these lists this kept coming up for me as something that i think is incredibly important to mention titles at every age group for you and that is books about grief Mm. yeah um because and, and probably because in my family I have seen people who have had to deal with grief at every age level from mm-hmm. little kids to yes. adults. And so I it's the first of the new year and everybody's like looking at fresh starts and some some people for them it may be a fresh start without somebody. Absolutely. Um, and so not to bring the whole tone of the podcast down, but there are some books that I wanted to recommend. There's one called The Memory Tree. 
that is a picture book, and it is about a fox. Uh, well, fox has lived a long and happy life in, life in the forest, but now he's tired, and so he lays down by his favorite tree, and all the other woodland creatures come to share their memories of fox. Oh. Um, and it's... <laughs> God. I know. Let's start there. Then let's move. That one's by Britta Teckentrup. Mm-hmm. She has a harder last name than I do. I know. Look at that. Bridge to Terabithia. Yeah. Oh. And <laughs> this is where I have a monster calls, which okay, yeah, is for sure a mm-hmm. powerful book about oh, yeah. grief for middle. I would say middle grade to yes, yes, yeah, 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 middle and up. Yeah, you can still enjoy. It's it's not a graphic novel, but it's an illustrated book. Mm-hmm. That is and the illustrations are amazing. It's striking. Important. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Yes. Yeah, very. And then for teens, I, this is what kind of kicked this whole thing off for me. There is a book called Dancing at the Pity Party, a dead mom graphic memoir mm-hmm. by Tyler Feeder. And when she when Tyler got through her first year of college, her super cool mom was does, uh, was diagnosed with late stage cancer. And so a decade after that, she created this graphic memoir about the difficulties of experiencing every change in life as you're going from your teens to your mm-hmm. adulthood and navigating that without her mom. Mm-hmm. And so there's that one. There's Fun Home by Alison Bechtel, yeah. I think is not a teen book necessarily no. <laughs> at all. Mm. But I love that book because, and if you go back, there's an episode that Laura and I did about graphic novels, and mm-hmm. I talked about this book at length then. But the thing I love about it is the through her, she is processing grief and disillusionment and coming to understand her father as a person along with dealing with what an important lesson yes yeah so there's that one and then max porter has a book called grief is the thing with feathers yeah which i read no i love that reference (laughs) that's a great book i read that book a couple years ago because i was considering doing it for a book discussion Mm -hmm. and we didn't end up doing it i would call it more of an experimental fiction it's yeah. not your straight linear narrative. Mm. Epistolary novel. Yeah. Mm. Yeah, a bit. And it's about a father and his two sons who have lost their wife and mom. And they are grieving not well, but this crow starts to bring them things to help them with their... Oh, how cool. He starts to yeah. see their grief and bring them things that will then trigger certain memories and certain healing trigger healing triggers that's yeah, not what well, I want to say yeah but, but, but I understand yeah, what you mean that helps them to move through the grieving process and it's it is it's interesting it's very short it's not a particularly long book but it's it's just be- it's a beautiful quiet book I would say and it's not it's not gonna be your linear let's sit down and read a book from yeah. the crow's point of view or yeah. whatever um it is it's a little bit different but it's just a very I would call it a very soft, sweet, gentle mm-hmm. novel about grief. Um, so that's Grief is the Thing with Feathers. And if you're looking for books like that at this time, there you go. And then read Crying at H Mart, which I just finished. And it's, oh, oh, yeah. That's such a good book. <laughs> it's such a good book. And if you like um, coming to terms with the idea that your parents are human, mm-hmm. the podcast um, Family Secrets. Yes. Which I'm going to recommend to everyone over mm-hmm. and over again until mm-hmm. other people listen to it. Um, <laughs> I started listening Allison to it because Bechtel of you. Allison did an yeah. episode um, on there ab- about how um, 
she came to see her parents differently mm-hmm. and the process of writing Fun Home. Yeah. So. Yeah. Yeah. Those are, and there's some other books too. Like I can tell you that for my young middle grade reader in my family who processed grief, Lemony Snicket was mm, yeah. yes. incredibly poignant. A series of unfortunate events, that whole series. If you want a good read aloud, um, mm-hmm. you can always pick up um, Patricia McLaughlin's books. She did um, Sarah Plain and Tall. Oh, oh yeah. 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 And, and she has more recent books that deal with um, finding out, like one little girl finds out she's been adopted because mm-hmm. her mother passed away. And so she's like four and she's realizing that she has a now mother mm-hmm. and a then mother. And, um, I love the way yeah. the books that Laura picks <laughs> always have the cutest ways of I referring know. to yeah. parentage. What um what's the Sarah Pennypacker book? Oh, so many. I'm seeing the cover of it. What is it? Pax. Is Pax. One? Yeah. Pax oh, is yeah. another one. This is fantastic. Yeah. Love Pax. <laughs> anyway. Okay, I'm just going to have fun, and we're going to pivot in a big way. Okay, let's do it. And we're going to pivot to books about dragons. Excellent. (laughs) Yay! (laughs) I love books about dragons. Say you have kids, and they're like, we love dragons. Great. Get them out of doesn't, except Adam mine. Rubin <laughs> wrote Dragons Love Tacos. I do love that book. Dragons Love Tacos. Um, it's a, You can pair it with a taco party for the family. No yes. spice. Wouldn't that be fun? Yes. yes. And and there's a, there's a sequel. It's the Dragons Love Tacos, but they can't handle that spicy salsa. So make sure you don't <laughs> give them anything with chilies in it. So cute, so funny, beautifully illustrated, hilarious. Um, and yes, you can get accessories that have those illustrations. If mm-hmm. you like, you can get a little stuffed dragon. You can get uh, like tote bags or T-shirts with the dragons on them. I think they even have like cupcake toppers. They so, do. I so mean, <laughs> dive headfirst into that. Yep. Do yourself a fun Dragon Love Tacos party. Um, if what you a great were, idea for little right? kids. Yeah. Like yeah. If, I mean, if I would have thought of that when I had little kids, I would have never had the time to do it. But if I did, yeah. that I would be the one. most perfect goal. I want to yeah. have one now. I know. I I have an idea, by the way. And but let me we'll just talk tell about you. it off the air because it's not this business. Let me just yeah. tell you, my 14 and 17-year-olds would probably not be mad about a Dragon Love Tacos party. I know. <laughs> I think, honestly, yeah. yeah. Sometimes I don't think they like mad. being read to. Yeah. Like, they're little kids again. Yeah. They do. Yes. Yeah. yes. I, yeah. I'm big on that. Okay, middle grade. You might think I'm going Aragon. No. No, yeah, I wouldn't think you were going Aragon no, ever. No, I'm not. I'm going to go for a new one by Owen Colfer, who wrote the Artemis Fowl uh-huh. books. Mm-hmm. He has a beautiful fairy tale style book that is illustrated um, that just came out called Three Tasks for a Dragon. And Ooh. it is one of the most gorgeous books I have seen in so long. <laughs> It is um, about a young man who would be king, but um, his stepmother has decided that he's not worth it because he can't figure out this test that all men in his town need to be able to handle. I don't like books with evil stepmothers. He just passes right over it. (laughs) I actually do. I like them. I usually go along with them (laughs) and want to play them on TV. But he doesn't think his stepmom's evil. He thinks his stepmom's being really nice, letting him stick around when he just can't figure out this huge test. And his brother's so much better. I hate the premise of this this. right now. (laughs) I'm like, what a terrible place. I know. (laughs) That puts that kind of, you must pass this test, although we do that to our kids. So he's, he's, you know, the heir apparent, but he can't be the heir. So he's given a quest. 
and the quest is to go. I love a good quest. quest. Yes. <laughs> so his quest is to go to this island um, and rescue this princess. Does he meet a mentor along the way? No. Darn, no hero's except, journey. Except, except, yes. Oh, <gasps> okay. And so he goes, no, except yes. <laughs> the dragon. <laughs> she didn't want to reveal that part. Spoilers. The dragon is his mentor. Okay. The dragon is oh his no! Mentor. If this is a true hero's journey, I don't want to know. I'm just telling. It's you. just beautiful. Okay. And it has. It's not. The story does not go where you think it's going to go in any way. Oh, I like those types and, of books. Though. Um, it's absolutely fantastic. And just read it. It's so good. Okay. Just, well, I now have like two weeks worth of reading. I have to do. Yeah. This I'm one just still laughing at the. You might think I'd go Aragon. I'm like, oh, I, who, right. Who knows you that thinks you'd go Aragon? So for adults, I said you can you can grab a fourth wing or don't. It's up to you. <laughs> or don't. Okay. It's got it. That's very much the style of that book is very much for a certain kind of person. Have mm-hmm. you read Fourth Wing? No. Okay. And if you're that person, you're, you're not that love person. It. I don't think. If you're I not that not. person, then you don't have to read it and like it. That's okay. Pick up Prior of the Priory of the Orange Tree by Samantha Shannon, who it, it has written this huge high fantasy book. If you have four years to read a it's book. It's great in audio, though. <laughs> okay. It's great in audio. That's fantastic. It is the most intimidating looking book. It is. It is so big and so dense. See, that's the beauty of audiobooks, people. Yeah. Just you never have to be intimidated by no. the size of the book. Marian because it's just both who of cares those if books. it's like yeah. so it's 24 great. hours long. It's you can fantastic. Get that. Yeah. And, and the dragons are perceived in one community as horrible, mm-hmm. nightmarish, terrifying, in another community as beautiful yeah. and important mm-hmm. and special. And I just love that. And then I threw in a upper middle grade teen pick, okay. which is uh, Dealing with Dragons by Patricia C. Reed. Have you read those? I think I may have. It is like a fractured fairy tale kind of yes. style yeah. vibe where instead of the... <laughs> prince rescuing the princess from the dragon the dragon rescues the princess from the intolerable life of being a princess mm-hmm. and there's lots of cherries jubilee i was like are dragons a metaphor for anxiety because that's what that well where's the we were dragons yeah oh, when women were when dragons women were yes dragons. when women were dragons that's a great choice too i have a long list of dragon books for adults when uh, women were dragons Majesty's dragon by uh, naomi novak it's mm-hmm. fantastic. It's what if the Napoleonic Wars were fought with dragons? That's an interesting concept. I know immediately I have like six students that come to mind that like to talk about how emus were utilized by, <laughs> you know, some military. Well, I forget who it was. The Australian War um, against the emu population, which was lost <laughs> by the, the Australians. She like just whips this out and knows it. The emu wars of Australia, the Australians lost. The emus won that war. Yeah. Well, that could be what they were referencing yeah. then. And, you it's know, and I'm just not cool enough to remember it. Okay. Well, I'm going to round this discussion out one, with it. one more, not thematic, but sort of with sports books. <gasps> love sports books. Sports <laughs> ball. Oh, so no. I'm going to hit. <laughs> I love sports books too. <laughs> I like them all. There are two picture books. Uh, I'm kind of playing into something here that. I realize I'm doing it, but there is a book called Brothers at Bat by Mm -hmm. Audrey Vernack that is the amazing true story of the longest-running all-brother baseball team in history. It is a true story about a family that had 16 children. Twelve of them were boys, and they all played professional baseball in the 1930s and 40s. That mom and dad were brilliant, 
for going, hey, we had our own baseball team. Yeah. Let's actually do that with them. Yeah. yeah. There's also There's one called Basketball Bells. That's a great one, Stanford, too. Cal, and one scrappy player put women's hoops on the map, mm. and it's about how women's college basketball yes. started, and that's a children's picture book you as know, well. And what a timely book for right now, because mm-hmm. wi- co- women's college basketball is super popular, yeah. even amongst teenage boys. Yes, yeah. very and, much so. Okay, so I'm going to give you two YA books. One's more of a middle grade book about basketball, The Crossover. Yeah. By Kwame Alexander. That's what which I was going to recommend. Book that's in a verse book. about a twelve-year-old uh, basketball player, and that's a Coretta Scott King winner. I was going to say anything by Kwame mm-hmm. Alexander is going to be very yeah. well written, yeah. very well thought out, and have a wonderful moral message. Exactly, mm-hmm. such a good book. Yep, mm-hmm. and it is now a series streaming on Disney yes, Plus. Yes, it is. Executive produced by LeBron James. Yeah. Oh my goodness. So then, like, it is. that's yeah. amazing. So grab onto that. The other one is Friday Night Lights. Mm. It's just like I love the television series too. It's very different, but the book I loved when I was in high school because mm-hmm. it was now. Well, first it, of all, it was edgy. Yes, for it that was. time. Well, and you, it was. You know. It wasn't just like the lives of football players that I loved. It was the community element, the community mm-hmm. element, and the ex- exaltation of high school athletes in that community. And also how I think even as a high school student, what resonated with me was the way these kids were lifted up as long as they were performing well right, Mm -hmm. and Mm -hmm. were completely either ignored or discarded or just tossed by the way, not tossed by the wayside in a total, in a total sense, but their, their heroic status fell as -hmm. soon as being a human being instead of a legend a legend on the field mm-hmm. right. became a reality for adults it was the way adults yeah. oh. had put so much stake in these children yes and yeah. that's the thing it's, that oh, i, I keep thinking book. about is that you know but in the 90s when i was in high school you know way back when i rode my dinosaur to school right um high school sports were in Important to mm-hmm. the community. Yeah. Mm-hmm. It gave everybody, it was the local watering mm-hmm. hole. It was where mm-hmm. you went on yeah. Friday nights to like find, to shoot the breeze with mm-hmm. people, find mm-hmm. out what's going on mm-hmm. in the community. And also there was hero worship, but I went to Oak Hill where everybody attended the games mm-hmm. and yeah. the gyms mm-hmm. were packed yeah. at every game. Wednesday night, didn't Tuesday night, yeah. Friday night, Saturday morning. Well, that's how we were football there. football games at Northfield were when I was there sure. in the mm-hmm. 90s. And we were not good. Sorry to anybody listening who was on any of those teams no, but North Miami <laughs> in the late was the 90s. Same way. But we mm-hmm. were not good at all at football. Basketball, we could get by. Football, no. but everybody went because there was nothing At least That's what you did. Right. I was a student exactly. at North Miami when Ruth Riley was on our women's mm-hmm. basketball team, mm-hmm. and she went on to play yeah. in the Olympics. Yep. So it's been. A I huge met her at the Peru uh, movie theater yeah. when I was a kid, and I have never in my life I had never seen another female who was six foot four, mm-hmm. and mm-hmm. I was walking out of the bathroom as she was walking in, and I was just like, "Whoa." Yeah. Like that representation, right? Yeah. You know, in a way. Yeah. Yeah. It was like, oh, yeah. there's another tall person like mm-hmm. me. Yeah. I mean, she made me feel short, and that was hard to do mm-hmm. when I was she in high school. She made me think, I can make six foot. I'll try my hardest. 
Just close uh, your eyes. You're and just dream. a little bit shy of it. You just I, need I'm bigger lips today. <laughs> <laughs> With the cork shoes. With my little cork clogs. clog that I stole from my mother. <laughs> well, you know, you gotta you, do what you can. She can't wear them anymore because she keeps turning her ankle in them, so I stole them. Well, you know that happens. It'll okay, happen here's my final sports book recommendation, and whether you are a sports fan or not, I will recommend. Well, I will recommend this man's books to anybody because I love them. To the moon and back, mm-hmm. but it's Fever Pitch by Nick Hornby. Yeah. Well, I mean, he is. I just, mean, read High Fidelity fun, first. Yeah. Read about a boy. Read Juliet Naked is yeah, really good. That's a great Such book. a wonderful writer. Yes. Especially, I think, for people around like late 30s, early yeah. 40s, that's yeah. going to bring you into all of your good feels <laughs> yep. from your mm-hmm. time way back and when the thing about fever pitch and the reason that I put throw it in here because it is it's a it's not a book about sports at all no. sports is the fandom and yes. so if you are a fan of anything you will understand the obsession or if someone in your life is a fan of something and you want to get inside the head of someone who obsessively fans out about something Read Fever Pitch. Yeah. Don't watch the movie. Well, Read I mean, you can watch the movie. It's it's pretty cute. But it read is the book cute. first. They're different. Mm-hmm. Yes. Take take. Let's go full circle into how we Americanized something that was British to begin with. Mm-hmm. Not yeah. that difficult to understand. No. <laughs> right. We weren't losing a whole lot in translation. I don't think. But uh, apparently, <laughs> baseball was easier to contextualize than football. So. Well, you know, if it's not Bend It Like Beckham, we don't understand. Right. <laughs> so. Wow, that's an incredibly dated reference. Yes, you I, I know. almost referenced it a moment before you did. Okay, well, I took it. It's fine. That's one I of those, love that know, movie. I do, too, and I own it, and I bought it back in the early 2000s when it came out because yeah. I was like, someday I'm going to have a daughter, and I want her to watch this movie. Mm-hmm. And by the time I had a daughter, I was like, she doesn't care about this movie at all. No. <laughs> no. No. I tried so hard. Well, like when Laura was talking about dragons, I'm like, you know, my favorite dragon. <laughs> it was in the never ending story. Yeah. Was, was that Falcor? That was the dragon? Yeah. The scaly dragon that yeah. I wanted to ride around on. Absolutely. I loved him. So anyway, you know, yeah. if you really need a throwback, go to Never Ending Story. It's not a I'm sure it's a book. I think I Including myself. So. I I don't know if I can go through it again though with the Artax. Probably not. Yeah. I mean, that was traumatic for me as a child. I'm not kidding. I think it was traumatic for all of us. It was. A book I tried to find a way to fit in here today. Yeah. Go for it. I tried desperately to find a way to put it in because it's my all-time favorite book, but Project Hail Mary. Mm. I love that book so much. I don't know what you would talk about, though, with like your whole family, except how fun of a romp it is. Like, <laughs> the it's a serious book about the end of the world and what is happening, but it's so sciencey. It's you know, it's um, Andy Weir wrote it. it Let's is talk about random space books. Wonderful, I know, great. like random space books. I was like, Becky Let's talk Chambers, about it. a long way to a small angry planet. Hit oh, that okay. book up. See, That's I haven't read fantastic. this, but so good, so good. I just um, know kids like outer space too. Illuminae for YA. Illuminae is so great. The and Lunar Chronicles is all I've yeah. got. Oh, yeah. And how oh. about if you want a sci-fi book that's really fun for your um, your tiny child, get Interstellar Cinderella. Oh. That is a fun book. I have yeah. that one at home. <laughs> that's that a is a fun book. book. There are so many great books, too, about yeah. solar systems. I mean, you can. who says you have to 
limit it to fiction. Well, you can go with look. You are not starving for choice on books about space or dinosaurs for no. children. You're you're right. You're not. Or <laughs> so, weather. There's yeah. lots of weather animals. Sure. And as we always say, if uh, if you're listening to this and you think, oh, I want to read Project Hail Mary. I, what would it be good for my kids? We'll think on it and yeah. we'll come up with something for there you. you go. We'll pull it for you and find something else. I have or many space books if, for you. If you're listening to this now and thinking, well, what about this? I would really like to read books about this topic with my whole family. Come either give us a call, send us mm-hmm. a message, email us. We are happy to create and craft a specialized book bundle just for your family sure um i think that's a great idea with the three of us sitting here we don't really have time to go through all the possibilities so many right but we could probably come up with one in less than five minutes yeah i guarantee exactly yeah Yeah. i think maybe less than 30 seconds with the three (laughs) of us combined yeah it's a powerful search engine yeah yeah so hit us up and let us know what you want to read and we can craft that recommendation list to you we can and you know what we could do that would be really fun what i'm making work for you i'm sorry Great. um have a little handout with these suggestions yes i will do that won't that be cute yes. i can do it if you don't want to make here's it. your little book bundle suggestion list. i like that idea mm-hmm. as a person who's newer to the podcast mm-hmm. and listening to it um <laughs> I it's like I hear you talk enough. Well, I do hear a lot about it. I mean, I'm I'm not gonna lie. I hear a lot about it, but it's listen. intriguing. It makes me want to listen to it more. And I th- so thoroughly enjoyed watching you guys tape it um, at Halloween that I thought, oh, I I I want to do this. It's but fun. I, you know, it goes so fast. I'm so interested in listening to what you have to say about them. And I think, oh, I love that book. Mm-hmm. And then I've forgotten because you're on to the next one. Mm-hmm. You yeah. just have so many good suggestions. Well, we got to the point where Laura, so I edit the podcast, but Laura does all the show notes for it. And she's like, Rachel, I've run out of room. I can't link all of these things. No, so it we won't just, link anymore because the more books that right? we, there, we can't I will, fit it in. I will tell you this, though, that there is always a list in the show notes yeah. okay. of all the books that we talk about. Yeah. Well, there's not links you. to it, but there's lists. And you're welcome, listener. <laughs> you, too, needed that information. There you yeah, go. thank you, because we don't mention it very often. But if you check the show notes, there is always a list of, like, Laura mm-hmm. listens through to make sure I haven't missed anything or left anything left horribly in inappropriate. talking and about something that's funny but <laughs> unacceptable for a, a public setting. <laughs> and then she makes a list of all the books that we talk yeah. about as she listens. So they're always there in the show notes. If you don't know how to access show notes on your podcast player, just let us know and we will show you that, too. Yep. We thanks for having that. me, ladies. Hey, thanks for coming. We're thrilled you came. I'd love to come back sometime. Oh, please do. What are you doing next month? Just kidding. I'm not. <laughs> I'm apparently, I'm going to be busy because I've got a new idea for well, other things. Be, I'm going to make you even more busy in your other job. We may be uh, recording at your house. So. Hey, you know what? <laughs> I have a nice space for you. Yeah. Freshly painted and lovely to surround yourself with. Yes. Thanks for coming. You're welcome. Thanks My for pleasure. joining us. As we wrap this up, administratively, we do want to let you know that beginning on the 29th of this month of January and going through the 17th of February, the library will be closed to the public. Now, we will be here. We are going to be able to move some 
things around in the building. Some renovations will be finished and we need to move out of spaces that we're already in in order to continue working on other renovations in other areas. So that process will continue. And in order to do that, we're going to have to close down for a few weeks to get some books moved around and some some things flipped from one side of the building to the other. And we are by no means finished. But for the time being, it is we're still in transition, but this is another step uh-huh. toward toward bigger and better things. And at the very least, it's going to look pretty. It's going to look new and it's going to feel special. And we're all going to have something now to look at and say, this is why yeah. we are doing what we're it, doing. As always, nothing will be due when we are closed to the public. Yeah. So you don't have to worry about that. And uh, all of our digital channels will still be available. Mm -hmm. Our digital collections are still available. Yes, that's the administrative thing. But also sign up if you haven't already for text alerts at WCPL close. Text it to 81010. And we can keep you up to date if we have any emergency closings. Uh, We will warn you ahead of time before the January 29th closing comes up. Yes, we will. So follow us on social media for updates on that as well and we will for sure have a february podcast dropping on the normal yeah schedule and then in february we'll let you know what the plan is what is happening in the beyond which sounds so much fancier than all right (laughs) thanks for joining us let us know what your reading resolutions are let us know what kind of books you like to read as a family Yeah. And we will talk to you next month. Goodbye. Goodbye. The Bookmark is a podcast of the Wabash Carnegie Public Library. Recorded in the WCPL Makerspace. Hosted and produced by Rachel Castle and Laura Butler. Edited by Rachel Castle. Show notes created by Laura Butler. For more information on the bookmark and any services available through the Wabash Carnegie Public Library, please visit our website at www.wabash.lib.in.us or check us out on Facebook or Instagram at Wabash Library. Yes, please. tonight is making chicken. It's lemon chicken feta pasta. For, for me. He uh, picked it because he said you'd like it. He's right. Paul. <laughs> I don't know if you listen to this podcast. I don't either. But if you do, I also would like it. I'll send you the link. It's a delish <laughs> recipe. Oh. Yeah. Yeah. Margaret, I'll get you. You're right falling thing. apart. I am. I am. I'm falling apart. Why did you let this happen to me? Mm. You can edit, right? Of course. <laughs> she edits a lot of things out that I said. <laughs> okay, good. Um, that my point is that not everyone who listens to this podcast heard my That's talk true. about how he has a the right that book needs to be punched in the face. Right. There we go. <laughs> yes, we got it. <laughs> I knew we'd get there. Okay, you got there. You got there. And like, the mother was in. probably going to their games. <laughs> Yep. And so also, the imagery, the this imagery is, is what Rachel much. has to cut out of this podcast. This is what she has to cut out what's every getting, time. What's getting bleeped this week? <laughs> <laughs> um.
Laura's yawning into the mic. Hey, listen. <laughs> All right. I have slumped over in my chair. I think my braid is done for now. 